As I boarded the 737, I looked longingly at the folks who were sitting comfortably in their large leather first-class seats, sipping on pre-flight drinks. I glanced again at the seat assignment on the boarding pass in my hand, reminding myself that I could do anything for two hours. I routinely fly more than 100,000 miles a year. Because of the time I spend in airports and in the air, most people would never guess that I'm terribly claustrophobic. I want to sit in an aisle seat, preferably in an exit row or in first class, where there is plenty of room and I can get up easily. I'm so claustrophobic that in most circumstances, if I cannot get an aisle seat, I will cancel and rebook my flight, even if it means I get home a day or two later. Today I had no choice. One of my clients who was having issues with revenue growth was preparing for an important board meeting and needed my help developing a strategic plan to get him out of the hole. He called the day before to say that all the company's executives would be at a meeting in the corporate office the next day, and he wanted me to be there in person. I'd booked my flight at the last minute, grabbing the last available seat on the airplane, but that meant that I would be spending the next two hours sitting in what I considered the seat from hell, the very last row of the plane, right next to the window. I just prayed that the two people sitting next to me would be small people so I wouldn't feel so trapped. I'd begged for another seat when I arrived at the airport, but the flight was full, so I decided to make the best of it. I put a grin on my face, I had a book, my iPad, a snack, and a bottle of water. I could do this. When I reached the back of the plane, I smiled at the flight attendant who was standing between the two restroom doors, watching the plane slowly fill to capacity and reminding customers to place only one bag in the overhead storage compartment. I said, hi, how are you doing? She looked back at me with a scowl on her face and said nothing. I responded with a more caring tone of voice. Having a bad day? To that, she responded, scowl and all, every day here is a bad day. I got the message loud and clear. Shut up and leave me alone. I hate my job, I hate this company, and I hate passengers. So I squeezed into the small seat, stuffed into the back corner of an already cramped airplane, and prayed that I would make it through the ordeal without being dragged off the plane in a straitjacket while news reporters explained to the cameras how a businessman had gone nuts, forcing an emergency landing. As two of the biggest people I've ever seen sat down next to me, my chest felt crushed with anxiety. The straitjacket seemed like an increasingly real possibility. The conversation I'd had with the flight attendant continued to play in my head over and over again like a recording on a loop. The flight was pure misery not just because of my claustrophobia, but because the entire flight crew seemed to be, well, mean. They barked orders at grown men and women, they did not smile, and overall, they were unpleasant. On the cab ride to my client's office, the same scene continued to play. All I could think about was how horrible the entire experience had been. But it was the words, every day here is a bad day, that kept ringing in my ears. The trip home was not as bad, but I still couldn't let my encounter with that flight attendant go. I paid $1,200 to get on that flight, $1,200 to be treated like dirt. The more I thought about it, the more it disturbed me, and the more worked up I became. So I asked my company controller to pull a report of how much I'd spent with that particular airline over the previous six months. It was almost $50,000. She also pointed out that we spent more with this airline than any of our other vendors except one. It was a big number, and it felt personal. I'm a small business, and that $50,000 is my money. Unlike the typical corporate traveler with an expense account in a corporate travel department, this money came out of my back pocket. 
Right then and there, I resolved I would never do business with this airline again, even if it cost me more to fly with other airlines, unless there was absolutely no other choice. Breaking up was hard to do, though. This airline generally had lower fares and more flights from my city. I had preferred status with the airline, so on any new airline, I would have to start all over, meaning waiting in lines and getting bad seats. But I was resolved to see my boycott through. It has been a year since that incident, and though in some cases it has been inconvenient on my end, they have not received another dime from me.